Chapter Nineteen of the Silver Bullet by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Don Manuel's Recollections. Santiago entered the room quite unsuspiciously. His step was light, his eyes were bright, and he had evidently been successfully plotting some new and lucrative villainy. In a moment his astonished eyes lighted upon Herrick, standing tall and smiling on the hearth-rug. A Spanish oath of the coarsest slipped from his mouth, and he looked about as evil as a man can look who knows that the game is up. However, he was plucky enough to show fight. He even attempted a bluff. "'What are you doing in my room, senor?' he demanded, in Spanish, if you... "'Don't you think we had better keep to English?' said Herrick, blandly. I know you speak it so well, and, of course, we have our mutual friend Joyce to consider. You are surprised to see me? Natural, very natural. Joyce sat in his chair, silent and white. He was too frightened to open his mouth, for he knew something of Don Manuel's rages, and dreaded the tornado which would ensue when the Mexican learned how Herrick had been told everything by his weak-kneed coadjutor. For a moment Santiago, still in ignorance as to the true state of affairs, ground his teeth. Then, by an effort of will, he recovered his smile, and to all appearances his usual temper. "'You'll excuse me if I spoke rudely, senor,' he said with a polite bow. "'It is not my custom, but I am rather taken aback at meeting you here. I do not remember having asked you to come.' "'That's all right,' replied Jim cheerfully. He did not sit down, for Santiago was still on his feet, and one can use a revolver better when standing. I heard that you had been suddenly called to town yesterday. I, therefore, made it my business to follow.' "'Very kind of you,' said Santiago, slipping his hand into his breast pocket, an action which was imitated by Herrick. "'But how did you find out my address? I never gave it to you.' "'An oversight on your part, my dear Don Manuel,' replied Jim, politely, but watchful of the man's slightest action. "'But the fact is my friend Joyce left Beelminster yesterday, as you know. That was after his talk with you, I believe. I thought it was possible you might ask him to stop with you for a day or so in place of returning to his own home. Therefore I telegraphed to town, asking certain friends of mine to keep a watch on him and you. What am I to understand from all this, senor? This much, that your game is up. Joyce has told me much. I have waited to see if you will tell me more. Don Manuel cast a black look at Robin, who began to whimper. I could not help it, he said. It's all over. I had to tell him. You told him what? demanded the Mexican, livid with rage. All about the conspiracy, Frisco and a few others. Ah, would you, for Don Manuel, had whipped out his revolver. Herrick was just as quick, and the two men faced one another. Robin gave a shriek like a frightened woman. The sight was an unpleasant one. For God's sakes, cried Joyce, wringing his hands. One moment before you fire, senor, said Herrick coolly. I would have you know that the firing of a single shot will bring up the police. Santiago dropped his revolver with a start. 
"'The police,' he muttered. Then, after a pause, he returned his weapon to his pocket. "'You can do the same, senor,' he said calmly. "'I don't think we shall have much use for them,' said Herrick, putting away his weapon and sitting down. "'I think we may talk now that these preliminaries are ended. Will you not be seated, senor Manuel?' "'In my own house?' exclaimed the Spaniard, between his teeth, but sat nevertheless. "'Quite so. I have to ask you pardon for that. But you see, my friend, I must stand if you do, and I am tired. You might use that pretty little weapon in your pocket.' "'I may do so yet,' said Santiago, with an ugly look. "'Possibly. All the same I would point out that your intention has its disadvantages.' In the first place, I am good and a quick shot. In the second, as my shot or yours would summon the police, you might get into trouble. The police can do nothing to me. If you attempt to kill me, I think they can do a lot. We are not in Mexico now, Senor Santiago. Come, let us talk sensibly. I am sure you must see that I am in a position to dictate my own terms. You will not find them hard, I assure you, always provided. Provided what? That you did not murder Colonel Carr. If you did, I fear, I fear I shall be obliged to hand you over to the police. We have a prejudice against people being killed in this country, Don Manuel. Oh, curse your fine speeches, growled the Don. I did not kill Carr, if that is what you are driving at. He paused and cast a look at Joyce. I see that you have got the better of me. If that white-livered cur had held his tongue, however, I must make the best of a bad job. Come, if I answer your questions freely and frankly, will you promise not to inform the police of what I tell you? No, I can't promise that. If you know where Frisco is, you must tell me. I want to have that man hanged. Joyce started up with a cry. I'm sorry, Robin, if he is your father, but as he is a murderer also, he must. One moment, interposed Santiago coolly. Frisco is no murderer. Indeed, then, as you were in possession of the pistol with which Colonel Carr was shot, perhaps you can tell me who used it. That is, said Herrick significantly, if you did not use it yourself. I don't use weapons of that sort, said Santiago scornfully. Besides, it was my game to frighten Carr, not to kill him. I see. It was you who sent those warnings in cipher. You know that, do you? Yes, it was I. And to make Carr afraid. He had few good nights after he got those warnings, I know. They were all bluff. So far as I was concerned, replied Santiago easily, but had I chosen, they could have been sent in deadly earnest. I do not understand. I do not think you will until I explain. But first, I must be assured of my own safety before I speak. Well, said Dr. Jim, pulling out his pipe, it's this way, you see. I want to get to the bottom of this conspiracy, also to learn who killed Carr. I could have you arrested on the charge of trying to kill Marsh, here the Mexican muttered a curse on Robin's head, and the little man winced. But if you will prove to me that you did not kill Carr, and tell me the whole truth, why, I will let you go back to Mexico unharmed. 
"'And if I refuse?' demanded Don Manuel. "'In that case, I'll call up the police "'and give you and Joyce in charge "'for conspiracy and assault with intent to kill.' "'I did not wish to kill him,' protested Manuel. "'I only wanted to prevent him going to the vault.' "'And so allow the money to pass to Frisco,' put in Herrick. "'Very clever. I know all about that. "'Tell me something new.' "'If I had only been here before you intimidated this—' "'You would have done as he has done,' said Herrick. Then, changing his tone, he spoke sharply. "'We are wasting time. Tell me all I want to know. Answer my questions, and you shall go free, save that I shall have you watched until the true murderer of Colonel Carr has been found. If you refuse, you shall be arrested forthwith.' "'And if I were to shoot you?' cried Santiago savagely, half-rising. "'You would be hanged, or else—' You would have to end your own life. Don't I tell you the sound of the shot will bring up the men I have posted? Santiago reflected for a moment, then took out his revolver and tossed it carelessly on to the table. You are the stronger, senor. I give in. Allow me to roll a cigarette, and I will answer all your questions. I'm not afraid, for I can swear by the Holy Mother that I did not kill Carr, and— added Santiago with a gay laugh. I rather regret I did not. Come, said Herrick, lighting his pipe. The story. In the first place, where did you meet Colonel Carr? In Mexico, about twenty years ago. You would not think it to look at me, but I am not young, Senor Herrick. Did you meet Frisco at the same time? Joyce's father, I did. Wait a moment, said Robin. I wanted to tell Herrick the precise relationship between myself and Colonel Carr, but I grew confused. Was not my mother his niece? I forget. I am so muddled. No, it is this way. The uncle of Colonel Carr, a younger brother of his father, was turned out of doors by the grandfather. He went to the States and married. He died, leaving a widow and a daughter. The widow died, and the daughter married an American. Your father was the son, and he married your mother. You are their son, therefore. You were a kind of third or fourth cousin to Carr. Your father, Frisco, was a second cousin. I think it is this way. But, Santiago shrugged his shoulders, your English relationships are so very confusing. Cousins will do, said Herrick. Did Carr know that Frisco, we will continue to call him so, as it is rather confusing. Did Carr, I say, know that Frisco was his second cousin? Yes, for that reason he allowed Mrs. Joyce an annuity of five hundred a year. Why was it not continued to our friend here? Don Manuel laughed. I think the Colonel and Frisco had quarreled by then, and Carr had told him to look after his own brat. How dare you, cried Robin, jumping up. My friend, I repeat what the colonel said, that is all. Herrick interposed. Did Mrs. Joyce know that Frisco was with Carr? Oh, dear me, no. She thought she was a widow. That is true, said Robin gloomily. My mother always said that my father had died in America. I could not believe that Frisco was my father until he convinced me. I think we both convinced you, said the Mexican with a laugh. But it strikes me, Dr. Herrick, that we are beginning the story at the wrong end. Let me tell it my own way. 
it will be much clearer. I hope it will be true. Oh, as to that, I have no reason to conceal anything now, said Don Manuel with a shrug. You may as well know all. The money is lost, and I shall return to Mexico as poor as I set out. Well? Tell the story in your own way, growled Herrick, disliking the coolness of the man, yet half admiring his nerve. Well then, said Santiago, placing a cigarette in his mouth and crossing his legs, it is this way. Twenty years ago I met Colonel Carr. He was in the war between Chile and Peru, and a brave soldier he was, a brute also. There was nothing he would not do to get money. He had left his home a pauper, and he swore he would go back a millionaire. But when the war was at an end, he had not got the fortune he wanted. It was about that time that Frisco fell in with Carr. And Frisco introduced himself as a cousin? Just that, said Santiago briskly. They soon found out the relationship. Joyce, I am speaking of your father, my friend. This in an aside to Robin. Joyce came from San Francisco. So the colonel one day, being drunk, called him Frisco, and the name stuck to him. After that, they were what you English call pals, and hung round Lima trying to make money. I was in the army then, and saw much of them. Frisco was as anxious as Carr to be rich. He said he had left a wife and son in California. That was you, Robin, put in Herrick, much interested. Yes, that was Robin, said Don Manuel, with a sour glance at the little man, whom he had not yet forgiven for his cowardly confession. Well, senor, the two tried to make money and could not. Then they heard of the treasures buried by the Indians when Pizarro conquered Peru. They went off to Cusco, afterwards up into the mountains. For some months they were gone. One day they came back to Lima to see me, ragged and poor. They had caught an Indian who knew of a large treasure in gold and jewels. He told them where it was hidden, and gave them a plan. But I thought the Indians would not tell, said Herrick, who knew something of the country of which Santiago was speaking. This one did, said the Mexican with a smile. They tortured him with a red-hot gun-barrel. Don't look so astonished, senor. Indians are not much above the beasts, and I told you Carr was a devil. They tortured him till he gave them the plan. Carr was afraid of losing it, so he made Frisco tattoo it on his breast, and then burnt the original plan. Ah, Herrick started to his feet. I see now why Carr wanted his body watched for a year. At the end of that time, the plan would not be recognizable, finished Santiago quietly. Exactly so, senor. Carr knew from the ciphers I sent him that I was in the country and would in some way try to get sight of that plan. For that, he shut himself up in the tower and... Wait a bit, said Herrick. He built that tower when he came home ten years ago. Your coming did not make him build it. He knew that someone would come and try to kill him, said Don Manuel coolly. But I am telling the end before the beginning. Let me go on. Well, Dr. Herrick, as I said, Colonel Carr had that plan tattooed on his breast. He would not show it to me, but he wanted me to join in an expedition to get the treasure. 
I got the money and fitted out the expedition. We started off to Cuzco, then up the Aparimac and on the mountains. I told you something of this before, senor. On the way they betrayed me into the hands of some Indians, and went on themselves. I cursed my fate when I learned their treachery. I was held captive for two, three years. To revenge myself on Carr, I told the Indians how he had found the treasure. They were furious and sent out men to protect it. But Carr fought them and got away to the coast with a quantity of jewels and gold. He went to the States and afterwards came on to England, where he settled down at the Pines. But at Lima, he was twice nearly assassinated and he knew that the Indians had appointed some of their more civilized countrymen to follow and kill him and to cut the plan of the hiding place out of his flesh. He knew also that these appointed would follow him across the water to the ends of the earth. But he managed to give them the slip and never thought that in an obscure country village he would be in danger. All the same, he built a tower that he might keep himself safe while asleep. "'And are you one of these emissaries?' asked Herrick. Santiago shook his head. "'I might have been, had I so chosen,' said he. "'But I wanted a share of the money myself, or at all events, a plan of the hiding place, that I might search for it.' "'How did you hear all this? When you were a captive?' "'I did not then. It was when I got back to Lima that I heard. I could not learn where Carr had gone.' I did not know even if Carr was his real name. I hunted for him both in North and South America, but he had so cleverly concealed his trail that I could not trace him. Then I was ill for a long time after the privations I had suffered amongst the Indians. It was only within the last year that I discovered the whereabouts of Carr. I then came to England to frighten him, so I sent those cipher warnings. I wanted a share of the money or the plan. Carr refused to give me either. Ah, you saw him then? No, he wrote me a letter, defying me to do my worst. Of course he thought that I was one of those appointed to kill him. That was why he lived in the tower and arranged that his body should be watched after his death. Dead or alive, you see, he was determined that I should get nothing. "'You came down to Saxon to break into the vault?' suggested Herrick. "'No, I should have done so, had I not hit upon this other plan, which you call the conspiracy. But I thought that through this little fool. I might get the money. I deserved it more than Stephen Marsh.' There was a silence for a few minutes. Santiago was regretting the downfall of his hopes. Robin was wondering about his own future and Dr. Jim reflected on the strange story which had been told to him. "'Did you never go down to Saxon?' he asked. "'Oh, yes, senor,' replied the Mexican airily. "'On the night when Colonel Carr was murdered, I was at the rectory.' "'With Pentland Corn,' said Herrick. "'Then you knew him before?' "'I know him better than anyone in his parish knows him,' said Santiago. "'He's a gambler. Often he leaves his church to come to the Pimlico Club and gamble. It was there that I met him. He was the friend I spoke of when I first saw you, Senor Herrick, the friend who told me about Colonel Carr. As I had the secret of this padre, I used him as an intermediator 
between myself and Carr. Herrick was surprised to hear this about Corn, and could easily see how the unfortunate man had been kept under the thumb of this adventurer. "'You are certainly skillful in finding tools,' said he, dryly, and with a glance at the silent Joyce. "'So you were at the rectory on that night. How can I be sure that you were not at the Pines?' "'Oh, you want to accuse me of the murder?' said Don Manuel, rather amused. "'I assure you I did not kill Carr. It was not my aim to do so. I wished to get the money without danger from your laws. To be plain, senor, I went to Pentland Corn to see if he could bribe or force Frisco into betraying Carr into my hands. I came to Bealminster by a late train, and went to Saxham by the public coach. About nine I came to the rectory. The Reverend Corn was out, but I waited for him. He could not have been out, said Herrick. Mrs. Marsh was with him and her son had come to fetch her. You are right, except as to the time, senor. Mrs. Marsh had gone by nine, and her son also. Corn came back, and said that he had taken them to the public conveyance. He was pale, and looked haggard. I told him he lied. He lost his nerve, and threw on the table a pistol. Ha! The pistol you gave to Joyce? The same, replied Santiago coolly. The weapon with which Carr was murdered. Do you mean to say that Corn killed the colonel? cried Herrick, starting to his feet. It is a lie. I do not believe it. Then why ask me to tell you the truth? It was Corn who killed Carr. He was a gambler and deeply in the colonel's debt. Those visits he paid to the Pines were not to convert Carr, as he alleged, but to gamble with him. He lost much money to Carr. The colonel threatened if he did not pay to denounce him. Corn knew that he would lose his position if this was done. He knew also that Carr was a threatened man. I had told him. It then occurred to him to kill Carr, and he thought that the suspicion might be shifted onto those who had lost the treasure. Thus his secret and himself would be safe. It is incredible, said Herrick, and even Joyce looked amazed. It is true, replied the Mexican, of course. If you will not believe me, I cannot really help it. I know that Corn is guilty. He told me so himself, and I took from him the pistol by way of proof. Being thus in my power, I forced him to do my bidding. You can see now how he declared that I had not left him on the night Senor Marsh was assaulted. It was I who struck him, and Corn, by my directions, proved the alibi. That is the whole story, senor. Is there anything else you want to know? The whereabouts of Frisco. Ah, I can't tell you that. Frisco trusts no one, not even me. When Joyce or myself want to see him, we have to put a cipher into the telegraph. Then you must do so now. I want to see the man. Why, he's innocent. So you say. But I have yet to be convinced of Pentland Corn's guilt. Joyce jumped to his feet. I am sure that my father is innocent, he cried, but I will get him to see you if you like. I think it would be better, said Herrick dryly, and took up his hat. One moment, senor, said Santiago quietly. How do we stand? I shall do nothing until I see Corn and learn if he really killed Carr, as you say. In the meantime, Joyce can go back to his flat. 
and you can remain here, Don Manuel. You are perfectly safe from the police. But you'll have us watched? Certainly, said Herrick with a nod. You see, I cannot trust you. Besides, I want you to write down all you have told me and sign it. I have Joyce's confession. I want yours. I will do so with pleasure, replied the Mexican after a pause. I have done nothing against your law. Nothing except try to kill Marsh. Oh, you have promised to hold me guiltless of that. True enough. You are safe so far as that is concerned. There is honor amongst thieves, Senor Manuel. I have come lately so much into contact with people like you and Joyce that I feel rather a bad lot myself. The Mexican drew himself up and his eyes glittered. Senor, you shall answer me for those words. I'm a gentleman, and I challenge you to a duel. You dare not refuse. We'll see about that when this matter of Carr's death is settled, Don Manuel. Meantime, remember that every move you make I shall know of and baffle. Santiago shrugged his shoulders. The fine scheme is ended, he said. This little fool has spoiled it all. I would do what you wish, senor, since you are too strong for me. Very good. And Joyce, you must get your father to see me. If I can, muttered Robin, with a glance of hatred. You must, answered Herrick, going to the door. Good-bye, gentlemen. I shall leave you to settle your own affairs now. And he went out laughing. End of chapter 19